was I was pushing buttons over here. We I should be good to go. Muting me because you didn't want me to talk about humidity anymore. I'm just fiddling with with settings over here on our mixer. I if, hate humidity. If you, you like humidity, today is your day. I know it's, I was out there. Like I was like a steam bath out there. Like I like to feel kind of like a lizard. I think I might be part lizard. Yeah. Oh, you mean like an iguana, maybe? Yeah. Specifically, well, those are more dry. Like, what's a, like a really kind of geckos and iguanas are all I got for you. <laughs> maybe like. An and then, amphibian. And then Komodo dragon. Because <laughs> a lizard is a reptile, right? Yes. So I'm an amphibian. Okay. Okay. Again, all I've got for you are frogs. <laughs> like a bog cricket. Bog. Yes. I'm a bog, bog. monster. <laughs> cricket the bog monster. <laughs> a total bog monster. This, I promise you, is an episode about summer reading. Welcome to the... Oh, are you recording? Ferndale Library podcast. <laughs> brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. I'm Jeff, and I'm joined by Cricket, as you heard. Hey, hello, Cricket. Hello, I'm a bog monster. And then Sarah. <laughs> monster. Sarah's joining us as well. Hello, thank you for having me. Summer reading is starting. In fact, when a lot of people hear this, it probably already started. Hopefully they're signing up. So we're here to give them recommendations on summary books. I really did not give you guys much more of a prompt than that. Do you have books that remind you of summer? Do you have books that you'd like to recommend? Where would you like to start? Would you like to start by talking about like what a beach read is oh, or yes. what we think a beach read is? Yeah, I think before we go into our little recs, we should like what does summer reading mean to us? A beach read is a trade paperback <laughs> of Daniel Steele that is probably dog-eared to hell. I don't know. That's so my... that's Jeff's version yes. of a beach read. Sarah, what's your version of a beach Maybe read? Maybe a Debbie McComer. So I do think that there is a stereotypical like women's lit, you know, kind of a fizzy drama filled relationship relationship book that we, you know, and like you can picture the cover in your head mm -hmm. that we think of when we think of beach reads. But like for m that's not necessarily what I particularly enjoy reading. And that's therefore then not what I particularly am gravitated towards in the summer. I do like the idea of reading light things mm -hmm. and I read light, fun, rompy things throughout the year. Uh, and I think travel is a, you know, a good excuse to like pick something up that you can easily put down. Sarah also likes books that involve travel. Uh, yeah. Not I when do. she's traveling. Yes, a good beach read is Road The Boaters Caribbean 2022. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I like what you said about light reading, because I think that's what I look for when I'm on vacation is something and it can have themes that make me think, but I don't want it, them to be too densely packed in, if that makes sense. So, for example, the book by Kylie Reed, Such a Fun Age. Such a Fun Age. So that's a book that actually deals with a lot of heavier topics. Right. But I believe that the way they're spaced out and written about is such a way that you could read that book by the pool and feel like content. It's a memoir? It's not a memoir. It's actually, it's a fiction book about a black woman who works for a white family and takes care of their daughter and also like the blurring of boundaries while she's helping the, the mother and the family run her business and in the backdrop of what it's like to be black in the United States of America. So it does dive into some heavy topics, but I also, um, in the summer of 2020, I read it in a giant inflatable pool in my backyard. And 
felt like perfectly relaxed and sure. you know like i could have the little umbrella drink and stuff like that and i remember thinking like wow what a great way to get people thinking about these tougher topics while not being like so unapproachable i guess because you you know you could also think about these topics reading the new jim crow or something sure. but that's not really I would just never read that in my inflatable pool. Sure. You're you're saying that a place of comfort is a good scenario to receive heavy subject matter. It can be, yeah. 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 It's warm. You're in a pool. Umbrella drink. I am now ready to receive the heaviness. Yeah. And again, it was a fictional treatment. Right. And it didn't have a whole bunch of footnotes. It wasn't citing all these like studies and research and things like that. Right. It was just like, oh, this is like a really interesting thing that I'm going to think about, right. but not necessarily... To the point where it's all you can think about. Sure, sure. Because there's some like lighter approaches to some of the style of writing. Mm -hmm. And there's like descriptions of fun party clothes. Mm -hmm. and, I do love those. And the some of the dialogue I think is does sort of lend itself as to like something that's really easy to get into. I mean, I yeah. agree with you. I read it sort of in the yeah, same there's time some, period. There's some humor. Right. Yeah. But it's super easy to dive into. But it's also something that's kind of can be easily interrupted as well. Right, right. <laughs> so by your pool time. <laughs> pool time, yeah. Summer of 2020. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in in adult size inflatable backyard paddling pool. That clarification comes late. We all were getting an image, maybe. Yeah, no, you can get really big ones now. That's good. Sir, your thoughts? Are you gonna go more into the frothy direction or more into the I like heavy books during a time of comfort direction? Well I I do also think for a summer read or a, or a beach read, you know, in addition to kind of the light, lighter, fluffier things, which I read a lot of lighter books in the winter because mm -hmm. winter is dark and depressing. And I think that's a really good time to read something that's Absolutely. kind of fun and light. Um, Not the time to bust out Dostoyevsky. Right. <laughs> so, but I think the, you know, so on the counter side of that is the summer can also be a good time to dive into like a heavier sort of like classic read or maybe even just like a big fat family saga oh yeah. i love a big fat family saga yes that just kind of you can read it at a leisurely pace you're under no pressure to like finish it by any certain time so i think you know you sort of have that on the counter side too i think some are you know i always think about reading pleasure reading for adults there's no grade there's no, you should read what you enjoy reading. Yes. And, but with that said, I think you should push yourself a little bit to read outside of your comfort zone. That's why book clubs are important. Heck yeah. I also enjoy a reading challenge um, in part, in part because I'm a list maker. So I really like, give me a list of things to check and off check and I will off. check yes, them fabulous. off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think summer is, if you like reading you know, domestic thrillers, like do a domestic thriller deep dive. Yeah. That's not what I'm personally going to do. I probably will. <laughs> domestic thrillers, shout out Lisa Scodellini. Or Leanne Moriarty. Leanne Moriarty. Leanne Moriarty, I discovered late. And for a while, I was parsing <laughs> out all of her books for airplane rides because I just found her perfect to read on a plane. Um, She's always got a big secret. And you read the book and you're like, what's the secret? I mean, secret? She's, she's got big what's lies secret? sometimes. What's the secret? Sometimes <laughs> they, it's a lie. Sometimes they're like, little lies. What is the secret? What is sometimes the secret? Sometimes they are what big is... and little lies. <laughs> There's one where... Um, sometimes there, like, the husband has a secret? <laughs> yes, exactly. There was one where it's like you're reading the whole time and you're like, what is the husband's secret? What is the husband's secret? 
was the husband's secret. And then you find out what the husband's secret is and you're like, oh my God, I wish I'd never found out what the husband's <laughs> secret was. It's a terrible secret. But yeah, she keeps you going like that. Sure. Um, and unfortunately, I've read all of her books now, so mm-hmm. I have to find a new airplane author. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like also in the summer, as somebody who grew up on the west side of the state on Lake Michigan, I did spend a lot of time at the beach reading. And so I do think it's fun sometimes to actually pick like kind of a frothy romance that takes place at a beach. Like often it's in like Martha's Vineyard or the Hamptons or something like that. You can find a lot of like good books that actually take place on a beach and have a beach on the cover that you bring to the beach and then you just feel like fully themed. Oh yes. You know what I mean? But don't bring your library books to the beach because they come back with sand between the plastic cover and the actual book cover and (laughs) it's gross. That's right. Yeah, like see if you can borrow your friend's mass market paperback to bring to the beach, but yes, um, I cannot confirm that I have never taken a library book to the beach because that would be a fib. Sure. I mean, also, listeners, feel free to write into the show, but I have repaired some books that have sand between the cover, and all I can presume is that you just flat out dropped it in the sand, and how dare you? So yeah, if that's contrary, let me know. Maybe you threw it down in the <laughs> sand in disgust it. when you found out the husband's secret. Exactly. Oh! You just put sunscreen on, your hands were all greasy, the book just like slipped out of your fingers. What a mess. So with that... Can so, I tell you one of my favorite summer beach yes, reads please. over the years and of all is time? It, is, it, is it unconventional? Let us know. No, it's extremely conventional. Okay. It's a book that my friend Erin in high school gave me her mass ma- market paperback, which was like totally beat up and dog-eared. And it's called Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. Ah, yeah. I've talked about Judy Bloom on this podcast before. It's got like a adirondack chair on the cover it's like a beach chair right yeah there's like two beach chairs in the sand together and like maybe a wet towel or something um and it's about two best friends who come of age together it starts when they're little girls have you read it i have not okay so they one of the best friends their family has a house on either martha's vineyard or nantucket and they go every summer and they're so close that they're like sisters and they come of age together and they fall in love together. And then you kind of well, like not with each other, but with with men at the same time, different men. Um, <laughs> I'm not explaining this well, but then you flash forward and they're adults and they're not speaking anymore because something happened. And again, it's like, what happened? Mm-hmm. What happened? What is the secret? What is the secret? <laughs> and I have probably read that book 10 times. Beautiful. It's just, it's such a good summer beach read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, like Aaron and I would pass it back and forth and be like, oh, did you read that part? Did you read that part? There's some, there's a little bit of like um, scandal. There's some hot stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And, and we loved it. Amazing. This is giving me like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants vibe. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, like the first half of it, right? Not an like actual pair of pants, but yeah. But not YA. <laughs> it is, I, right. well, while I read it in high school, I cannot recommend it <laughs> for a high school student. Right. It's got adult content. It, it has a talk. It's one of her books for adults, oh, which mm-hmm. as I've mentioned before, I have accidentally gotten some Judy Bloom books in the age range. I shouldn't have gotten my hands on them just because she writes from like preschool all the way through mm-hmm. adult. And, you know, sometimes people get a little mixed up. Sure. Yeah, I would recommend that one for adults for sure. A summer read, Sarah? Like a classic summer read? You know, I am not a rereader. Okay. I 
I don't even often read entire series. Like I'll read book one and two. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, for example, read the first book. I have like zero interest in reading anything else. Read the entire series at least three times. Yeah. So. Oh, rereader, not a rereader. <laughs> I I am a dip my toe into the series kind of person, and then I like just roll right on. Mm-hmm. So my first. The title that I thought of is actually something I haven't read yet, but your Nantucket Martha's Vineyard uh, was giving me, leading me into it. It it comes out next month and it's called Flying Solo by NPR pop culture writer Linda Holmes, who wrote the beloved Evie Drake Starts Over two or three years ago. And this is also, it's set in coastal Maine. So it's giving us that like vacation-y vibe. And I would say it's like it falls in the women's lit genre. And the reviews all sort of mention that there is like a kooky caper element to it as well. Oh, good. Because there are family secrets. Oh, good. And I think some like self-discovery, little, you know, internal journey, which I really enjoy as well. So I am, and I love D.B. Drake. I'm really looking forward to reading this this summer. And I think I'm hoping it will give me that like, I don't want to say fluffy, but like a nice, Mm -hmm. light, feel good summer vibe. Yeah. And when I think about why I choose to reread books, it's often because I want to feel the way that I felt (laughs) the first time I read it. Right. Which usually when I do reread, I notice different things and different things jump out at me or I'll be like, oh my gosh, this book is actually like really really offensive mm-hmm. and I didn't notice because <laughs> so I've started thinking differently as I've grown up but yeah I think part of like in the summer when I really want to feel that summery beachy book read feeling yeah I'm like well I know I can grab summer sisters right and it's like it's like a bottled feeling exactly sure, it's comfort yeah. yeah yeah in the summertime don't we this is the one time of the year when we want peak serotonin and that's why we want our books to go down like a smooth fizzy drink or like potato chip uh, page turner. We want it to to meet our expectations of serotonin. Yes. I think. Summertime and the living is easy. Sure. Now it could be Gone Girl. Like that I remember that being declared like the book of the summer or the book you have to read this summer. That's not light and frothy, but darn it if it isn't a page turner and it's yeah. just got a pace to it. So yeah. you could lean back in your Adirondack chair and put your feet up and just keep turning pages. Yes. And it goes down like delicious pit- potato chips, delicious, scary, murdery, suspenseful potato chips. <laughs> That's my potato theory. Potato chips covered in blood. I guess so. <laughs> I'm loving the energy cricket is bringing to the mic today. Fog monsters, <laughs> bloody potato chips. Sarah, your retort. <laughs> I I mean I read Gone Girl like I said I'm not a domestic thriller reader I but was I it? get the appeal of them I understand why people like them sure. it is not something that I specifically reach for um, I am also looking forward to reading I read like a handful of mysteries a year um, and I like my mysteries to s- really strike like a I want them to be cozy but not too cozy sure like I don't want there to there can be a cat but the cat can't be integral to solving the mystery. <laughs> that's right. my, that's my like. Somewhere between the, the spectrum of pumpkin pie murders. Yes. And Joe Nesbo. Uh, I mean, I, I like Nesbo too. Go Nesbo, okay. But uh, yeah, that does tend to get pretty dark. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. There's a, I think it came out two weeks ago is the murder of Mr. Wickham. Uh Oh, I heard uh, about this by, by Claudia Gray. 
and it's her first book. And this, like I just reading it really sort of was like checking a lot of boxes for me about the, the cozy tone being just the right amount of cozy and it lives in the Austin universe. So I think the two main characters are both from Northanger Abbey and, and Pride and Prejudice. Oh, Mary Graham will be happy. And uh, in her, the interview that I read with Claudia Gray, she said that, you know, she was kind of fiddling around with this idea and she knew the person who had to be murdered definitely had to be Mr. Wickham. And I was like, Yes. Yes. This whom among us <laughs> wished for him to be murdered. Right. There's gonna like think of all the red herrings, and it's set in like a closed house kind of murder mystery, sort of a little bit after kind of Pride and Prejudice comes along. And so I, that's about as thrillery as I might get. Well, I don't know. Maybe kind of the other one I'm thinking of reading this summer is a little bit of a thriller too. But I just have a few things to add on to that. Uh, Mary Graham has already given our review and she will be on the podcast in a week talking about it again because we're going to be talking about villains next week. Plug for next week's show. More villains. She can sit villains part two. Yeah, villains we just had two. too many villains. <laughs> Wickham will come into her discussion of, of villains and she already said that she was trepidatious of this book. She was like, am I going to like this? I'm not sure. Uh, it sounds kind of spoofy. It sounds kind of light and silly. And she opened it knew she loved it on page one read it within a week loved it oh i'm so, so excited to read it now so, i can't wait yep yep but it cozy ish you know our boy alexander mccall smith is blurbed right there on the front kind of gives you maybe an expectation what you're getting into i guess vibe wise vibe wise yeah you i think you're about to mention another book though well, no i want to hear what what else what cricket like what thrillers are you looking forward to reading or going reading again sure um ruth ware has a new book coming out this summer called the it girl which uh -oh. i don't know anything about but i know a lot about ruth ware because <laughs> i've read everything by her so i wish i knew more about the plot but what i can tell you about ruth ware mm -hmm. is that she writes an excellent twisty domestic thriller they're usually set in england or scotland and especially the ones that are set in Scotland and everything's kind of like foggy and misty and mysterious. Am I slaughtering the title in a dark, dark wood? Was that her? Yeah, that's her first one. Okay, great. Yeah. So she does kind of locked room mysteries where you've got a cast of characters. They're all stuck in one place. Somebody's doing something creepy. You know, what's the secret? What's the secret? <laughs> oh my God, I wish I never found out the secret. I love to feel that way, I guess. Is she also the woman in Cabin 10? She's the woman in Cabin 10, okay. which we read for a book nice. party one time at the Emory. I showed up just absolutely thrilled. Everybody else was like, two thumbs down. I was like, what? Did we read the same book? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and again, she's there. In spite of there always being like murders and blood and secrets and, and darkness, like to me, she goes down very light, like a, a fizzy potato chip. That's what I've heard. Yes. Uh, and some people think that's, I don't know, an insult or something, right? But yeah, maybe that's not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not for everybody. Sounds good for Summer, though. Yeah. What's the name of her new book again? The It Girl. The It Girl. Did I just make that up? I, I think that's correct. Yeah. I won't look it up. I'm going to go with my gut. The It Girl by Ruth Ware. <laughs> okay. We'll look it up later and then we'll correct it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Has anyone come up to you guys and ever done like Reader's Advisor where they're like, I'm looking for something summary or I'm 
I'm looking for something I want to take on a trip. I'm going on a plane. Have they ever? All the time, actually. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a frequent one. Because <laughs> I think, you know, sometimes people are willing to just browse around and take like 10 books and kind of take their chances and return the ones they don't like. But I think there is an added bit of, I'm going on a plane. I have limited packing space. I want to make sure what I bring is really going to be good. I'm going to consult an expert. Mm -hmm. I also like that uh, we're driving up north and we leave in tomorrow and we need an audiobook and there's going to be three generations in the car. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. we're bringing my dad. I got my kids. What do you got? Wow. Yeah, that's a challenge. Seabiscuit. That's oh, what yeah. you got. Okay. That's yeah. a win. <laughs> Everyone's going to like it. Yeah. I like my go I haven't had that question in several years and both of my go-tos. <laughs> What's your go-to? Well, it used to be Harry Potter, but now I'm kind of mad at JK Rowling and then it used to be the Garrison Keillor like Wobegon stories, but now I'm kind of mad at him too. He's also got some problems. Ooh, yep. Yeah, so I got to find a new go-to. I'm going I've never read Sea Biscuit, but I'm just going to sell it. <laughs> You're like, I hear this is really good for multi-generational reads. Yeah, someone I trust deeply has recommended this. It's a good one. It's nonfiction, reads like fiction. It's about something you didn't think you'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. You know, it just kind of like hooks you in. Yeah. History, sports. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Horses. Horses. Right? Yep. Seabiscuit's a horse. Seabiscuit is, is a horse. horse. Kind of going into that, back into that Summer Sisters vein, Sarah, if you could chime in too, like, are there books you vividly recall reading during the summer that are inextricably linked to a summer memory that you did, in fact, read on a beach, maybe, and it augmented your beach experience? Oh, yeah, I have more. Oh, well. <laughs> if Sarah has one, I want I mean, to go first. Go ahead. Yeah, like, I'm I'm into it. Okay. Um. So <laughs> there is a series... That is Young Adult, actually, mm -hmm. by Jenny Han. And the first book in the series is called The Summer I Turned Pretty. And then there are more titles that I can't think of right now, but I believe it's a trilogy. And it's about a teenage girl who grows up going to the beach house owned by her mother's best friend who has, is it two or three extremely hot sons? <laughs> I want to say it's two. I think it's a I triangle. I was about to say three, but... Uh, is it a love triangle or does it, is it a love quadrangle? That's ambitious if it's a quadrangle. Man, it's either two or three extremely hot suns. Although if you wanted to defy <laughs> the prototypical setup, go quadrangle. <laughs> Anyways. So I felt like one of the sons was like too young to be part of the... Oh, uh, yeah. Was he just like a friend? Yeah. 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 And every feeling you could possibly feel is contained in this trilogy of books. Love. Anger. Uh, sadness. Sadness. <laughs> Lust. Lust. Confusion. Confusion. Angst. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So much angst. 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 Do you say angst or angst? Um, if you want to maybe lean into that, like maybe if the word is of German origin and you want to learn an accent, angst. Angst. Yes. Um, you've never seen an angstier trilogy Angsty? in your life. I'm just going to switch back and forth. That's I, okay. I'm full of self-doubt now. But um, from German to like Midwestern angst yes angst angst, angst. <laughs> but again it's one where she's returning to the same beach in the same beach house every summer and being like how have i grown and changed 
while I was away from this beach in this house during the year. And then how do I feel about this menu of handsome young men in front of me this summer? Like Mm. how have things changed since I saw you last? Who will I choose? Can we write a new book called Menu of Men? Because that was a great turn of phrase. Well, she's also the author of To All the Boys I've Loved Loved Before, Before, which is also about a teenage girl with a selection of delicious young (laughs) books in front of her. So men dash you, menu men. Yes. A trope of hers. Yes. I'm going to talk to Roddy after this podcast because I feel like she would be an excellent co-writer. Yes. Menu of men. (laughs) Menu of men coming soon to a library near you. Summer memory books you read know, during I, the summer. I am not sure that I have really strong feelings about summer memory books. She just forgets about them immediately, folks. I read them she and I moves on. move on. Love them and Except leave them. Except for the gunkle. I mean, I do think that summer is a good time, like I said, to, to pick up something that's a little bit longer. You know, I read Anna Karenina, I think, the summer before my senior year in high school. Um, and just sort of like didn't have to, was not on any list. And I knew I had a long time to read it. I do like the idea that you just spent your entire summer <laughs> with Anna Karenina, you oh, know? Boy. <laughs> I think I also, as a, as a young teenager, spent like entire summers with like the Sweet Valley High twins. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm not all highbrow reading for, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I do, I like a story that has a road trip Mm -hmm. Um, and i think that like something like the lincoln highway would be a great because it's long would be a great summer read for the Mm -hmm. summer if you haven't read it yet um with all those like trip details and the twistiest ending that you did not see coming (gasps) at the end of a long sort of like epic story okay that is just storytelling perfection do love a twist yeah excellent yeah and can we talk about the big family sagas yeah a little bit more too yeah there was one summer where i spent basically the entire summer reading prince of tides by pat conroy and that interesting i've never read it is a big fat family saga also set on a beach though also right? set on a yeah. beach like kind of a swampy beach Swamp, a, 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 boggy, <laughs> a bog monster a boggy beach. beach some of the characters in that book behave like bog monsters and it was like really quite a commitment it took me the entire summer mm-hmm. i think you know i had a lot going on that summer i wasn't and it wasn't one that you just like zip through sure. it was just like that was my summer book sure get everywhere with me um but another one i really like that again has a beach on the cover and is a family saga mm. is Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan. Nice. Um, again, about a house on the beach in Maine, <laughs> a grandmother, her daughter, and the daughter's daughter. They all got different stuff going on. You keep jumping back in time to figure out what the grandmother's story is. You jump over to like a random sister-in-law who's like falling in love with like a prof- professional dollhouse maker i think and you know like somebody's pregnant somebody's in love with somebody they shouldn't be and it goes like back and forth and all twisty knots and in the end there's like this ta-da kind of thing i love it my sister hated it so apparently it's kind of a oh boy it gives people feelings one way or the other right yeah i think there's some like beatrice williams books that are also in this vein of like 
sort of historic, but set in beachy. Yeah. Is there one that's called like 100 Days of Summer? Yes. Yes. Um, kind of a beachy locations, but lots of like high drama, family secrets. Again, um, people falling in love with people they shouldn't be falling in love yes. with. And unrequited love and getting sand in their library books. <laughs> all sorts of drama. Yes. So my another one of mine would be, if you haven't read it, so I grew up in Colorado, which is the unbeachiest place you can truly, imagine. Truly. So I'm not a beach vacation goer, really, because that's not something we did. Well, or you also, can do. Like the things lurking <laughs> under the water could potentially be distressing. <laughs> I do not like underwater things. But so I enjoy Westerns. And I think that there are a lot of good contemporary Westerns that are underrated. Um, and we think of them as being books for old white dudes. Yes, you just blew my mind wide open. I've never met anyone. So my one of my summer re- recommendations would definitely be the classic Lonesome Dove. Oh, right on. Yeah. It is 920 some pages. And I guarantee it, when you get to the last page, you will be in mourning that it is over. This is Larry McMurtry, everyone. Larry wow. McMurtry. It is a road trip book nice. about male friendship and it will tear your heart out. I don't and even know how to feel about this. I know. It is beautiful. <laughs> it is epic. It's like sweeping scenery. It is characters that just really feel alive. Yeah. Are there horses? Yeah, horses. <laughs> They're Crick. on a cattle drive. Cricket's like, are there like doves and not horses? <laughs> there's only one dove. He's all alone. There's only one. He's all, he's all alone. All alone dove. By Larry. I have never met somebody who has read this book and did not like it. Jordan Wright is a big I fan. I think it's like his favorite book. Yes. Full stop. I feel like a gauntlet is being thrown on this table. Yeah, because that's right. And it would be, I bet you, you could find a dog-eared mm-hmm. paperback version of it that and would be perfect for taking sand. to the beach. Or if your vacation is maybe in the mountains and not on the beach, that would be fine too. Mm-hmm. But it is- I feel challenged. It is a gorgeous piece of writing. And we know when the Pulitzer, like it's really, it's a lovely book. Mm-hmm. Like I've never ever wanted to read a Western in my life. But You're... this isn't like a gunslinging machismo thing. Right. Okay. So I think you have your sort of like your Zane Gray kind of your Louis Lamar. Louis Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> your kind of pulpy westerns. Right. Um, which those do not hold quite as much interest for me. I find them to be like highly tropey, fairly sexist, mm-hmm. fairly yeah. racist. Um, and then I think you have a slew of, you know, like a Larry McMartry. True grit is hysterical mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. It is so so funny it is so great um again it's not too much gunslinging it's something else well there's a that's a lot of self-discovery that's, that's right the, <laughs> just and being confronted by my own prejudice right now that's right. sitting with it that's right. sisters brothers is another i just suggested that to jordan we had a little western get together <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so we at both- the end of the summer another podcast episode it's gonna be westerns come back to westerns I'm going to admit that I saw the film Sisters Brothers. Oh, can before. we title the podcast Cricket's First Rodeo? Cricket's <laughs> First Rodeo. For folks taking notes at home, Patrick DeWitt is the author of Sisters, Sisters Brothers. Brothers. 
a Western about brothers and their last name is sister. So you're confusing. <laughs> That's a great point though. And the Lonesome Dove is a great recommendation. So it would be a, a really, all right, it has rain. all of the elements. I'm gonna spend my summer with 920 pages. Mm -hmm. You will not be sorry. Okay. I feel like we're saddling you with this. Um, <laughs> I have been quietly assembling a list in my head, so I'm ready to share that list. Okay. It's your time to shine, Jeff. Okay. What I what I've really enjoyed doing this summer is books that are these books are sagas, but I don't know if they're family sagas. One of them kind of one of them very much is, but not in not what you would typically conjure. And I'm not going to be bringing out any obscure references here, but the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chavon and Middlesex by oh. Jeffrey Eugenides. <sighs> uh, and the reason I like those books is because they feel episodic in a way. And I feel like every 30 pages, the character is on to something else or has met someone else or is in a different country, possibly, or is we're flashing back to something different or flashing forward to something different. And I feel like so I feel like both of those are fantastic summer reads. You've probably heard about them. Maybe those are the books I'll, all my friends have read, but I'm the only one who hasn't yet <laughs> so far. This is the summer to do it. The pacing is really good. I even, haven't Even read... though they're both 600 pages, don't be afraid. <laughs> I haven't read Cavalier and Clay. I've read Middlesex twice. And Middlesex is one of the books that gave me the feeling Sarah just described of being done with the book and genuinely yes. being so sad that it was over. Yeah. You wanted to spend... I felt that way about Cavalier and Clay. Okay. Is when I finished it, I really like mourned that it was over. Yeah. It I haven't actually read it in ten years, so I'm gonna assemble this <sighs> kind we'll of revisit. lazily, but it it starts with the fictionalized origin story of the creators of Superman, but it isn't historically aligned to all the facts. It's just it's not a parable, but it is about the two comic book creators of a kind of Superman. Man, that book contains multitudes. <laughs> I read Middlesex uh, many years ago. My grad school roommate and I talked about it for a long time. And I think it was one of those books where we kept both of us separately, kept picking up like this is on all the lists and this is getting a lot of buzz and never feeling like just reading the book blurb was catching us. And I so can we, see that. We challenge, you know, we were like, okay, we're gonna, we're in it together, and yeah. we read the book sort of simultaneously together, and we both, you know, five star glowing reviews. Like, why yes. did we wait so long to read yes. this? Mm -hmm. So it was so good. Jeff probably already knows this story, but I moved to Ferndale in two thousand eight, and I only knew one person in Ferndale. That person is Andrea, yeah, an employee at the Ferndale Area District Library, right, and. I didn't know anybody else. And they invited me to the very first meeting of the Ferndale Public Library at the Times book party, yeah. which met at the Emory. And the book that was chosen was Middlesex. Yeah. And we had such a great conversation. We ate Coney dogs. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the location in Detroit and all the different places that they talked about in the book. There were people at the meeting who remembered who lived in Detroit during the race riots that they talk about in the book. We had just a fascinating discussion. And I also met a bunch of people who I am still friends with now 
including me including job because i was there because i read it for it and yeah a lot of detroit history in that book and a lot of greek history then it goes back to the late 20s yep. if not even further yep so that book is just filled with good feelings for me yeah it's amazing you gonna reread it this summer i might i i reread it recently for a book club that i did at another library because i remembered how good the discussion was and it was mm -hmm. just as good the second time I might try to fit it in this summer after Lonesome Dove. <laughs> I also somehow, for some reason, like slice of life um, stories during the summertime. And by that, I mean uh, kind of shaggy hangout books, <laughs> I guess. What? what, what? A sh what? I'm, gonna, I'm mystified. What's a shaggy hangout book? Let's say that like, uh, and maybe episodic is the, re is the better term, but a... A shaggy, an example of a shaggy hangout story or movie would be Dazed and Confused or Empire Records. Oh, okay. Where there's not exactly even a plot per se. It's just fascinating things are happening. A cast of characters. A cast of characters. Quir characters. Quirky characters. Which brings me to Witty a book dialogue. called Galore from a Canadian author named Michael Crummy. And it's a very dark and cold book taking place. Sarah can't contain herself. Taking place in Newfoundland. This I is just... This is Jeff's version of The Gunkle, where yes. every time you ask for a suggestion, I'm going to say, yes. you should read The Gunkle. Yes. I was going to say, I feel like I've heard you mention Galore before. Of course you have. Awesome. <laughs> I have a long sleeve shirt on. I have a tattoo. So listen. Um, of Galore? No, of Galore. Yeah, oh. it just says Galore. No one gets it. Um, <laughs> but I read it during the summer is my point. And so it's, it's tied to my summer. However, since it takes place in Newfoundland, there is constant mention of the beach it involves fishermen and it starts out with a beached whale and the beached whale uh spits out a man <laughs> at the beginning of it and he is uh I know a story. he is this is what i am sorry with your shaggy hangout books yeah. like i am not getting empire record he is ghostly i'm getting there he's yeah, ghostly okay, pale. Okay, not a single whale in empire it's Rex. about this community of people who are living in this late 1700s newfoundland and you get to meet at least seven or eight different households of quirky people and it is mostly how they are responding to the arrival of this weird ghostly pale man who has been spat out of a whale there is not any story after that. It's just like, how do, does he integrate into the community? How does he interact with people? Who are some of these people? Are some of them assholes? Are some of them sweethearts? You know, are some of their houses randomly haunted? Maybe. But, you know, you just kind of live in the town for the rest of the book, watching this uh, pale, ghostly, mute man interact with people. I will pencil that in for summer 2023. <laughs> sure, no, fine. <laughs> And then another hangout <laughs> book where you're not really doing much other than basking in summer is Dandelion Wine by Ray Bradbury. Um, One of my favorites. It's just slice of life. That's my slice of life spiel, everybody. I, no. Bright, I, warm, fuzzy, let's live on the farm and have drinks Dandelion Wine and drink in the beauty of summer. And then let's also live on a cold Canadian beach yes. and avoid men being sped up by whales. Sure. Sure. And that makes me think of another one. <laughs> Great. Um, which is called, appropriately, The Summer Book by, and I'm going to butcher, the creator of Moomins, Tove Janssen. I don't know if it's Tove. Right, possibly. Tove Janssen, um, which is just about a little girl growing up on a tiny island off of Finland with her grandmother, and it's summer, and she splashes around in the water, and she catches some fish. Nice. And she noodles around in the grass. 
and she reads in the sun and falls asleep and absolutely nothing happens. I think, well, one thing that happens is that like her grandmother is old mm -hmm. and there is kind of this dawning realization that she won't have her grandmother forever, mm -hmm. which is powerful. Um, and that that's it. That's the book. Excellent. It's gorgeous. Uh, it is, I just looked it up on the internet. It's Talva. Talva. Janssen. Janssen. Scandinavia. I mean, I think it's a Swedish name. Yes. But they primarily wrote in Finnish. And so... I thought she... Did she live in Sweden and write in Finnish? Or did she live in Finland and write in Swedish? <laughs> the name is Swedish. Okay. <laughs> I have to go back to my book galore. I have to put in the extra plug that it is three generations that we follow. So... When you get there, there is a grandmotherly character who says, who is this weird pale guy who got spat out by the whale? And then there's a mother character who says, that weird pale guy who got spat out by the whale better stay away from my daughter. And then there's the daughter who's like, that weird pale guy who got spat out of the whale is kind of cute. And Ooh. so it just kind of goes from there. Intrigue. Yeah, family secrets. Family secrets. Family secrets. I mean, you know, I didn't specifically prepare this title for this talk but if we're thinking about summer reads and it being really hot out, maybe hanging out on your unicorn inflatable yes. at the pool, drinking fruity drinks, uh, we should talk about the gunkle again. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, was going to bring it up. Every again. time. <laughs> I was going to bring up how that book became a new modern favorite of mine <laughs> and how I think I read it in, the, in, in April, but I was instantly living in like july august i had full on summer vibes yeah from that i mean there's it's a pool. set in the summer yeah it's palm springs palm and springs. palm springs is kind of summer all year long they're constantly having brunch love it they go that to a book beach. fits for me i mean i loved it so much but like it does fit into all of these different categories you want a funny book gunkle you want a book about grief gunkle you want, you want a family a book a book about or like found families or unusual families or you know non-traditional families gunkle you want an episodic book episodic book slice of life yep there's some like easy to get outfit into. descriptions in it <laughs> i love cute outfit descriptions cute outfit descriptions yeah there's a couple parties it's funny it's sad yeah it, it checks all the boxes it does and in a perfect summer read yes what else checks all the boxes for me uh, is a book called The Animators by Kayla Ray Whitaker, which... I wish that the folks listening at home could see Sarah right now. Sarah, This is on. also, this is... Let me just reach over on the mixer and mute her mic. For a <laughs> I don't think that's fair. It isn't fair. Uh, but I do highly recommend this if you like a road trip book. And it is a book that goes to the South. I think during the summer or just the South is always hot, whatever. But um, they do bounce between Florida and Kentucky. It's been a while. Sarah, you read it more recently. It is. They are in Kentucky and New York City as well. That's right. Two uh, graduates who are artists who become animators. They make animated films together, but then tragedy strikes and they go down South and they start dealing with a lot of family trauma. Let's just say it's also... The dialogue is off the charts snappy most of the time. I loved it. Sarah half liked it. Did kind of like it. I, I loved it. I liked parts of it for That's sure. Right. For sure. And I'm glad I read it. I mean, I, I love the idea that I think a lot of library staff and probably a lot of booksellers and a lot of teachers and people who like work in and around books have like what I think of as like pocket recommendations. Right. Where, you know, animators and galore are your pocket recommendations where people are like, give me something good to read. 
those are great because they they go through and they check a lot of boxes like they're crowd pleasers Mm -hmm. um i think such a fun age is a perfect crowd pleaser book too like it's easy to recommend to a wide range of readers definitely based on jeff jeff's recommendation i read the animators and i i i liked the road trip part of it um I liked the theme of women working because that is something that I feel like I cannot get enough of in fiction. Women who are good at their jobs, who are dedicated to their careers. Um, and the depictions of that in the novel I thought were really good. Sure. There's some family secret business and how that gets resolved in the book. I found like broke my trust with the characters and like what I felt like you were supposed to be leading to. Sure. And that then impacted my read of sort of like the last quarter of the book. Mm. But I, I mean, I, there were things that I certainly liked about it quite a bit. Right on. I'll pencil it in for summer 2024. (laughs) Pencil in for summer 2024 after Lonesome Dove and Galore. And I think it would be a great, something to adapt to like the screen, you know, TV movie, like the Gunkle. Absolutely. Like you can just really picture it in your head. Yes. Even the weirdly the animated parts of it where they're like, they literally made an animated film. I'm going to describe the animated film you're supposed to be watching in the book. Yeah, I would love that. So, yeah, it definitely lends itself to it. That's it. That's it. Galore, Dandelion Wine, Middlesex, Cavalier and Clay, Animators. Those are my tops. Lonesome Dove, Summer Sisters, Westerns. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, mine were Maine. Maine. Summer Sisters, The Summer Book. The summer I turned pretty. <laughs> I'll have summer in the title. What am I missing? Such a fun age. Nice. This wasn't a quiz m- meant to be a quiz, Sarah. You don't have to go through your brain. Oh, I thought we were all listing. Yeah, Murder, Mr. Wickham. Lonesome Dove. Flying Solo, Lonesome Dove, Sisters, Sisters Brothers. Brothers. I would say like Westerns. Yeah. And I really like, I do, you know, I enjoy a reading challenge. I often kind of, this is Cricket's phrase, noodle around with the pop secret. <sighs> sure. Or pop sugar reading challenge every year. I don't always like, hard and fast do all of it but i do i like to check boxes on a list so i enjoy that actual process um so i do like kind of pushing reading outside your comfort zone a little bit how about try to read a book that involves the ocean somehow that isn't too hard but also is specific that's gonna be my fine solo man yeah for sarah that could be hard if things come out of the ocean that's right sarah does not like fish or fun, fun the depths for listeners. Yeah. Things from the depths yeah, is sure. what I don't like. Bog monsters. <laughs> Are they on the surface though? Like the fog? I mean, I am. Deep? I can't actually breathe underwater, so I'm usually kind of like lurking around on top. <laughs> we'll collect a list of these in the show notes for this episode of A Little Too Quiet. Uh, thank you, Cricket and Sarah, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank and you. by joining us, I mean me here on the mic, but joining the <laughs> listeners at home, I guess, too. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, let's see. This is brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. And uh, the music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is by a local musician. His name is John Duffy. If you want to support this podcast, go to ferndalefriends.org, or you could rate, review, or follow us, or tell a friend about us. And if you are looking for summer reads, or if you have a friend who's looking for summer reads, share this episode with them. And then, you know, go to your library. If you live in Ferndale, come to our library. Sign up for your summer reading challenge and complete said challenge. And win fabulous prizes. And win fabulous prizes. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening. Thanks.